You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Sex and relationship advice you can use tonight. Welcome to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. It's Jess O'Reilly here, your friendly neighborhood sexologist. And today we are going to be talking to the relationship nurse. She's going to be answering some questions, talking about the biggest problems in relationships and why men in particular are not satisfied in their relationships. So before we get started, I want to say a big thank you to Desire Resorts for their support of this program. Desire has two locations down on the Mayan Riviera, clothing optional, couples only resorts, as well as some beautiful cruises in Europe. And I'm the next one is actually sold out, but I'm really excited for the south of France cruise in the Cannes area around the time of the film festival. So check them out at Desire Resorts. Joining me now is LaDonna Wright, the relationship nurse. She helps men have healthy relationships and healthy lifestyles and is the creator of the top-selling adult game, Secret 7. And Secret 7 has been all over my Instagram lately. Hi there, LaDonna. Thanks for being here. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Now let's start with this adult game. What is, (laughs) I'm great. I'm great. Happy to have you here. I want you to tell me about this game, Secret 7. What is Secret 7? So Secret 7 is an adult game that I created along with my husband as just a great date night, just a great game to just spice up your relationship. So what it is, it's a library of 400 pleasure cards. And these pleasure cards are color-coded from mild to wild, with blue being like a mild to moderate type of a card, and then yellow being a little bit more spicier, and then red cards being hot and explicit. And then there's even blank cards that are black, where you get to create your own foreplay act. But the most exciting part of this game is you actually choose the seven cards that you perform want performed on you. So as you can imagine, that becomes a great communication tool, right? It's a great way just to get satisfied exactly the way that you want while having fun, right? So how it's played is each person selects seven cards that they want done to them. And then once you have your seven cards and your partner has their seven cards, then it becomes a a dice game, basically a crap dice game. So you're going to compete to hit a 7 or 11. If you hit a 7 or 11, then your partner's going to pull from one of your cards and then perform that act on you for two minutes by setting that audible timer. And then once the timer alarms, you go back to shooting the dice. And then the winner is simply the first person to have all seven cards performed on them. So super easy, just super sexy and just super fun. So can I change the rules and the winner is the first person to have an orgasm? <laughs> you know what? You definitely can. You, okay, so there's lots of different ways that you can play because, you know, the timer can be set from like two seconds to, you know, 30, 30 minutes, basically. And, yeah, it can be also played with two or more players. Oh, okay. So I, I think just with me... As soon as I had my orgasm, I'd be like, game over. (laughs) 
<laughs> and you'd have yep, to wait till the next day. Happens. Oh my goodness. Yeah, well, that I've makes sense. That, so right? I I've love seen... the secret seven. So where can people find secret seven before we dive into our topic? Okay, so they can find Secret 7 on secretvii.com. That's secretromanumeral7.com, as well um, as well as Amazon, and then in an adult novelty store near you. Okay, cool. All right. Well, I'm going to be checking that out for reals because 400 mild-to-wild sex acts sounds really good to me. Uh, before we move on, what is a mild sex act? Like what would be one example of a mild, mild activity and one example of a, a wild activity? Oh my. So a mild activity would be something like, you know, lick the back of my hand. And then a wild activity would be like lick my pussy from front to back while fingering me. Okay, I was gonna say lick my boots, but no, 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 no. I go there. I go all the way there. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Now, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You are a registered nurse. How did you stumble yeah. your way or make the transition into focus on relationships and sexuality? Yeah. So what happened? So I was a registered nurse while I created this game. So I was working in hospice and just doing my thing as a nurse, which I'm very passionate about and just love doing. But then I, when I created this game, I started being at different events where people were asking me relationship advice and um, you know, asking me about this and then talking to me and it's just inviting me to these different uh, events where I got to learn a lot and explore a lot and just, you know, just became very excited about the industry that the game had led me into. So I combined my own life experiences, as well as being a registered nurse and the people that I've met while, you know, being on, being out there selling the game. And then I said, you know what, I have a lot of value to bring to uh, people about relationships and about what makes a happy relationship. Uh, I've been, this is my second marriage and my husband and I just think that we're just really kind of doing it right. And there's some simple tools and some simple um, things that we do that we wanted to share and bring value to everyone else. Okay, so as someone who is doing it right in a relationship, what do you think most of us are getting wrong in our relationships? Yeah, it's the basics, right? It's the it's the basic communication. It's the basic intimacy. It's the basic uh, just being showing up, being your authentic self. Most people are afraid to be themselves. Most people are afraid to share some of their past experiences, and some most of them are, are afraid to actually share what they want to do or some of the things that they want in the future with their uh, spouse or their mate. And you sent me this list of you know, set the top seven reasons why men are dissatisfied in relationships, and at the top of this list is a lack of satisfying sex. So if a man comes yes. to you or anybody comes to you and says they're experiencing a lack of sexual satisfaction in their relationship, I wonder, do you encourage them to begin with themselves first? Because oftentimes we look to our partner as the source of a sexual deficit and ignore our own role in the equation. Correct. Correct. So, I, so when I first meet with a client, I do what I call an, an initial assessment. 
So I'll ask certain questions. And if their problem is uh, exactly about sex, I'll ask them questions about their sex life, how often they're having it, you know, what turns them on, how are they, what are they doing to initiate sex, what are they doing to communicate the sex. And once they identify that they're not having sex or they're not satisfied with their sex, then we discuss, you know, what they can do by themselves to fix it, which is just becoming, you know, aware of, of their communication style, aware of some of the things that uh, are inhibit, and inhibit, and I can't even say the word, but things that hold them back in the relationship. So the biggest thing is, yeah, definitely working on themselves, but when you're working on yourself, really learn how to communicate to your partner would be the key. Well, you brought up some really interesting questions in reference to your initial assessment. So what turns you on? How do you initiate sex? Those two questions in and of themselves must be very difficult for most of us to answer. Um, I, I, I disagree. I think that once well, if they've never been turned on or they don't know what turns them on, but yes, but if they've had a history or previous experiences with being satisfied and now they find themselves in a relationship where they're not being satisfied by their partner, that's when they need to communicate some of the different, maybe it's a kink, maybe it's a, you know, a fetish or whatever their different things that they're looking to do to satisfy themselves. I believe that communicating and feeling open and safe to communicate to, the, to their partner would be the key in that situation. Yeah, that, that makes sense to me. So most people are able to articulate to you what turns them on, or does that take some time? So once, once we start, once we do the initial assessment, and then they tell me what their goals are for the relationship or what their goals are in whatever we're meeting with, right? Once they tell me their goals, their goals usually identify a problem. So once they, you know, opened up and said that this is what I want, and then we identify the problem, that's when they start sharing to me, sharing with me, you know, why it's a problem or why it's an issue and et cetera. And so if they have been turned on in the past and they have had satisfying sex in the past and they're not having it now, do you find that that satisfaction, the turn-ons existed in the same relationship that they're currently in with the same partner um, so that they can actually hearken back to earlier times and learn from those experiences? Is that a big part of what couples need to do in terms of, you know, changing the way they communicate with one another? Yeah, so I think that communication is all about sharing some of your previous experiences, right? Sharing what you did like, sharing what you didn't like, uh, finding out what you want to bring into this relationship and why, and letting them know that it's not necessarily about the partner that you were in the relationship, but the act and the way that it made you feel in your, in your, with yourself, basically. Okay. Yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense to me. I guess it's probably mm -hmm. easier to work with someone who says, I used to feel this way with my partner, but we no longer feel that way. So how do we get it back? Right. Versus someone who says, I've never felt this way with this partner. <laughs> I felt the right, way I was right. with a previous partner. So how do you tackle that? Right. So if a, if a person's never felt this way with their current partner, mm -hmm. is that what you're saying, Jeff? Oh, yeah. So if they've never felt that way with their... So that becomes a time where they can teach and teach their new partner or 
that communicate, you know, and teach, you know, this is what turns me on. What do you think about this? And what do you think about trying this? And they can start initiating some of the things that provoke those type of experiences together. I love that. I love the idea of teaching and training because nobody comes to a sexual relationship with the skills that you need because you're different. Exactly. Exactly. And I think there's a power in leading and teaching your partner, not not that you want to do it all the time or in every sexual experience, but rather than seeing it as a burden, I think it's important to reframe it as something powerful and exciting. It definitely uh, makes you have a lot of confidence. It definitely is, takes a lot of confidence to actually do the teaching and training as well, I would say. Yes, yes, that's true, because you have to admit what you're into. And I think a lot of us have trouble admitting what it is that turns us on, because it's not always the traditional feeling sexy or seeing something that piques my interest. Sometimes it's, you know, a little bit deeper or more subversive than that. Yeah, sometimes it's just darn right dirty, right? (laughs) (laughs) I know all about that. (laughs) So when I look at your list of of seven reasons men are not satisfied in relationships, next Mm -hmm. up we have not communicating or addressing problems in their relationship. And we're all guilty of this. Even if you have all of the perfect communication skills in your arsenal, you don't always use them. So I can give you an example. (laughs) My husband, Brandon, is usually on this podcast with me. And today I messed up and forgot to tell him about the timing. <laughs> and he was pretty disappointed. Yeah, I was, I was asking about Brandon. I was, like, is, I was asking, is Brandon going to be on the show? Because, you know, I, I do. I love talking to men. Yes. <laughs> and Brandon's a fan of yours. I know he met you in New York, uh, but there was a communication yes. gap. So tell me, uh-huh. what is, if, if you can succinctly put it, how can we improve our communication skills? Like what is a strategy we can employ to communicate better with our partner? listening. Listening is the the biggest communication tool. Not necessarily talking, but listening. If you listen, your partner will tell you everything you need to know about them. And then if you listen before you communicate, you really are able to address and give the correct feedback. That's really interesting because you're right that we frame communication as speaking and we forget that listening is the other half. Yeah, the biggest half. Like, you don't know nothing that I said unless you listen. <laughs> so, so how do you be a better listener, a more active listener? So those basic things that we learn, good eye contact, you know. What, one thing about nowadays when we're listening and talking to people, we have so many distractions, right? Mm-hmm. So just getting rid of the noise right? Getting rid of the background issues, getting your mind focused on the individual that's talking, like give them eye contact, watch their lips, like be intentional about listening. Right. And move your phone out of the room. I will not talk to Brandon about anything serious if his phone is flashing in front of me. And uh, let me be clear, I'm not chastising Brandon because I am just as guilty of being distracted by, you know, like, oh, it's so important that I see who liked my Instagram photo. Meanwhile, I'm supposed to be having a meaningful conversation with you. I'm guilty. I'm guilty all day of that. (laughs) We're, I I mean, I'm bad. Okay. That, that is definitely something that we can be intentional with and do. It's really not that important. And And it's 
the phone is definitely a distraction. Yeah. And it's that simple. Leave it out of the room. I've read these studies on if you have your phone in your pocket versus on the table versus out of the room, your communication, your cooperation, your empathy, and your understanding levels are so much higher when you take the phone out of the room. So the phone doesn't need to go everywhere with you. Like your 900 best friends on Facebook or Instagram can wait because you're not in bed with them and you're not at the dinner table with them. Um, and so I want to talk. I want to talk about the third item on your list of why men are dissatisfied in relationships, and this is a tough one. And I hear this from people of all genders; they're not feeling attracted to their partner. How do you address that? Right. So I ask them, you know, how have you communicated that to your spouse, and what is it exactly? Is she, has she changed in some type of way? Because sometimes you know, the person, or I shouldn't say just she, I'm so used to talking with men, but sometimes, you know, there could be weight gain, there could be, you know, people start not taking care of themselves, not just really not caring about their appearance. So sometimes, you know, they can become not attracted to them physically, right? But then sometimes they cannot become not attracted to them by their personality for things like you just said, because they're now they're having the phone and not paying so much more attention to them. That's not attractive as just as well as those physical things not being attractive. So sometimes men complain that they're just not attracted, that she just doesn't, he doesn't think she's hot anymore or he, or she doesn't think he's hot anymore. So that's the biggest issue. So if you are feeling like you're not feeling that attraction anymore, what do you say to yourself and what do you say to your partner? What do you do? So if you're not feeling attractive yourself, right? Then you start taking better care of yourself. Start working out. Start being the attractive person that you either first showed up in the relationship as or that you intentionally want to be. And then if your partner has changed or isn't doing some of the things that she used to do, don't concentrate on that. Start focusing on the positive things that she's doing. Encourage her instead of discouraging her. You're going to get the change with the encouragement. So if you like the way that our hair looks, say, babe, I like the way that your hair looks. If she's wearing that nail polish and she just got it done, let her know your nails look really nice. So just really, and then if nothing is working and she's just not doing anything, make sure that you're communicating that to her in a way that is sensitive as well as effective. So being honest and letting her know, babe, what can I do to help us be more attractive as a couple? Maybe that will reel her in, that it's just not her that needs to work on it, but what can we do as a couple to become more attractive and more healthy? Well, that's a good point because we often look at what our partner can do and oftentimes everything we're asking of them, we're not actually doing ourselves. Yes, correct. Yeah, I say first focus on yourself and then she'll see, wow, my husband is looking really hot. Maybe I should uh, step it up a little bit or let me go shopping or let me take care of myself a little bit more. Yeah, and oftentimes it's not really about just the way you look. It's about the effort you're putting into the way you look. So for example, do you get all dolled up and put in the effort when you're going out with friends, but maybe when it's just me, I feel as though you're not bothering. So sometimes it's not actually about the way you look. It's what I perceive as your effort for me. 
Exactly. And that's why I encourage people to have date night. So if you have date night, then you're going to be intentional about looking good for your partner. Right. So you have this list, you go through a boredom and predictability, a loss of personal goals, a lack of self-esteem, which is interesting. One reason why we're dissatisfied in our own relationships has to do with ourselves and a loss of honesty. So we don't have time to go through all of those because I do have some questions since you're a registered nurse that uh, some listeners have sent in. And I'm wondering if we can power through a couple of those before I let you go. That would be fine. Okay, so this person asks, is it normal to get an erection when I get a massage? Because I got one today and I kind of got excited and I kind of feel bad for it because I'm married. Yeah, I would say it's definitely normal to get an erection while being massaged. Definitely. I think that it's massaging can be very arousing. So, yeah, I think it's very normal. Yeah. And as long as you're not acting upon it or expecting somebody to take care of it for you, a bodily reaction is a bodily reaction. That's absolutely correct. It's, it's exactly that, exactly physical reaction of being touched, which is a stimulus. And that was the response. So I think it's totally normal. Okay, cool. So this person has nothing to worry about. Now I have two no. questions about curved penises. Uh, they go into their history. They're a little bit long, but basically they're saying they've had a, I've had a curved penis bent in the left side. It appeared between 13 and 16 years old. Um, is it okay that I have this curved penis? And one person says that it's about a 30 degree curve and the, the other person says it's almost a 40 degree curve. Yeah. So I, yes. It is normal as long as it's not painful during intercourse or painful during, during ejaculation. So some people just have a, a curved penis, but some people get it as they age, uh, men 40 plus, which is fibrosis of the penis develops in the, in the penis area like due to scar tissue and plaque buildup. But that's usually when the man is older and that's something that comes as the man ages. But if you've had a curved penis since you've been 13 and 15, 13 and 15 years old and there's no issues, and there's no pain, I would say that that is fine. And what if you do have pain? What do you do? Do you go to the doctor? What's the first step? Yes. So if you have pain, you definitely want to go see your doctor and identify if there's nothing more serious going on with that. Okay. And what's the treatment if you have pain? I don't know what the treatment is going to be. I don't specialize in that area, so I don't know what the treatment is going to be, but they're going to run a series of tests and it depends on what the diagnosis would be. Oh yeah. But, that, that makes sense. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. And then finally, this couple says, how do I introduce safer sex in the swinger lifestyle? We recently visited a club, visited a club as newbies. And because it was our first time, we were expecting to see bowls of condoms everywhere, but there were none. No one was talking about safer sex. So how do we bring it up? So, so that, okay. So that is, that's, that's really important to me. Okay. So if you go to a club and no one is wearing condoms and no one is having safe sex, that probably would not be the, cl the club for you that I would say that. 
And, and even if you do decide to stay, I think it would be totally okay for you to bring out your own condoms and you practice your own safe sex. But to me, that would be a red flag if no one in that place is practicing safe sex. And it's a place where you just show up. So I know couples that swing amongst each other and they don't use condoms, but they've got tested for STDs. They get tested regularly and that's, and they have an understanding. But if you show up to a club where people are having sex everywhere and they're not safe, then I would ask that you be safe and use your own discretion and put on things that make yourself safe or that just may not be the club for you. That makes sense. Just because everyone else is doing it doesn't mean you have to do it that way. Listen, I know that I know that you have to run. So I want to say thank you so much for being here. And we're going to make sure to share your social media handles and share your info about Secret 7 because I think the work you're doing is fabulous. Thank you so much, Jess. Thank you so much for having me. And it's a pleasure. And I enjoy the work that you're doing too. And I think that you're really great. Thank you again. Before we go, I want to leave you with a couple of thoughts and some action-based items for you to consider as you move throughout the day and throughout the week, drawing from today's discussion. And the first is, if you aren't happy with your sex life, I encourage you, I beg you, I implore you to start with yourself. We tend to turn to others as sources of our problems, but as they follow us through life, we realize, yes, we are the common denominator. So what are your sexual hangups? I'd like you to think about what holds you back. And it's interesting for me because I'm always the one doling out advice and coming up with these strategies, but in all the work I do, with clients, I want to do the same with myself. And so I think I probably do more learning than you do, than my clients do. Looking at myself and looking at myself as, you know, a source of power, but also as a source of my own problems. So I encourage you just to take a couple minutes and think about how do you hold yourself back? And if your thoughts move to other people or outside sources, I don't want to discount the role of how systems affect our sexuality. And we can work to break down those systems, but I want to start with ourselves. Uh, you can even write it down. I, I've done this recently where I have written down how I enhance my sexual self and expression and what's really holding me back and what I can do about, about it. So if you can do this, just take a couple of minutes. If you aren't happy with your own sex life, Begin with what you can do differently. And then secondly, when we're talking about what turns you on, I think this is a really big discussion. I think it can be really difficult to answer what turns you on. And so I think that putting things on paper can help us to really identify how clearly we think about our own sexual turn-ons and desires. And I'd love for you to make a list of everything that turns you on and keep adding to that list to sort of develop your own personal database with regard to your turn-ons. So that's another exercise you can try. You don't have to do both of these things. I like to give you a couple of options. And then finally, I think the most 
important message that comes out of this conversation is let's be more playful. Let's mess around. Can you have a good time joking and playing? And maybe it's with a game like Secret 7 or maybe it's just on your own because Sometimes I think we take sex too seriously, and of, of course it's a serious topic, and of course it can be a challenging one, but I think about what can you do to be a little bit more playful, and if I were to reflect on this in the moment for myself, I think I could be more physically playful with Brandon. I think that I could, you know, when we're kind of messing around or joking around or wrestling around, let it turn more playful and sexual because I think oftentimes I shut it down because I'm in a rush or because I'm distracted or because I am moving on to the next thing. And what I'd like to do to be more playful is to know that I can always make 60 seconds. I can always make 60 seconds, not that we're going to do it in 60 <laughs> seconds, but I can always make a minute to connect and just be playful, even if sex is off the table. So that's my commitment to myself and to my relationship for the week. And, you know, as always, I encourage you to make one commitment to some sort of behavioral change or changing the way you think. So I'm going to leave you with that. I want to thank you, of course, for listening. Thank you to Desire Resorts for your support of this podcast. Please check them out. And I'll be back at it next week, every Friday morning, with another episode of the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Improve your sex life. Improve your life.